Hello. Hello. I I hear you. Thanks Good for evening. joining us. Well, Took you long enough. I, I it's because I turn off the alarm so it doesn't go through it. So I forget to look down. Okay. Anyway, hello, welcome, everybody. Another episode of Mouse of the Clyde Midweek News. And today's a special episode, episode twenty. I, I didn't think cat. we were going to get. Yeah, I didn't. And think apparently, we William's just many. not going to speak today because I'm just going to. I'm going to talk, and William's going to sit there and just silently. Can you not hear me? Actually, can you hear me at no, all? I, I can hear you, but you're just like on such a delay that's not even due to technology. It's just I can hear the cogs in your brain turning. No, you're just buffering I'm, I'm at got, very slow speed today. I've got a coffee and I'm ready to talk. You just, I'm confused with that. Sorry. Um. As you know, I've got a notepad in which I note down how many stories I've got. Today I have four pages of just headlines, so that, that gives you an indication. And I will, I will say, though, most of them are sort of like national and international stories because the local papers had very, very little today. But we've still got opinions, still got stuff to say. Yeah. Let's go. So, are we, we'll, we'll, have our, um, we'll have our wee chat. We always have a wee random chat at the beginning. Um, what I wanted to talk to you about is um, a phrase or a hashtag that I've seen on Twitter today. It's hashtag MSGA. Do you know what that means? No, I, I don't. MSGA. It means, MSGA, <clears throat> it means make Scotland great again. Oof. Mm-hmm. And... Supporters of Alex Salmon's Alba Party is uh, now using the hashtag MSGA. So if you see that, promptly club across the head the individual that's got it if they're in your proximity. Is it not even done in like an ironic way? But, no, but... it's it's a serious, like totally serious. Like, people have got it in their like, bios and stuff on Twitter. Um, and uh, it's just it's ridiculous in my view. Um, but some stupid. Remember we talked about the other day how um, <clears throat> I did there's an Instagram filter you can get now instead of buying expensive shoes, you can just buy this filter from the company and it'll put it on you as if you own it. Yeah. Aye. Well, people are now claiming onto this thing. Um, and Sotheby's now have a filter that you can buy in which you'll try on a one million pound diamond tiara, in the filter. Um. It's on the Sotheby's Instagram account, and that's another sort of example of the AR to promote sales for things. I, I mean, I can mm. understand why they think it'd promote sales for trainers. It would be cost 100 quid or so, but a million-pound tiara is, is a bit much. Um, the tiara is believed to be presented to Maria Vittoria del Pozzo as a gift to her marriage, for her marriage in 1867 to Amadeo I of Savoy, Duke of Aosta, later King of Spain. Um, and that's um, a nice wee filter you can get if you fancy having a one-million-quid tiara on. Um, Would you not use like, that? Have that on, like matching your your duck face filter or whatever that <laughs> you've got on these days, and be a wee look for you. Yeah, that is a fit. I would like it. I think it would make a good photo. It would make my forehead not look as big. Um, I'll I'll start moving on slowly, gradually to sort of local news here. Um, and something that is going to interest is probably going to be the biggest story in people's view of people of Scotland anyway. That bars, the Iron Brew people, AG Bar, um, have had an, an annual profit slump of nearly a third due to COVID. The reason for that is that um, people are obviously aren't in pubs and stuff like that, or in restaurants, everything having a glass of Iron Brew or a vodka Iron Brew the way, the way they usually would. Um, so apparently, I, I accounted for a third of their sales. 
Um, they reported pre-tax profits plunging to 30.5% to 26 million for the year January 24. Sales fell 11.2% to 227 million. Um, so poor Iron Brew, they're not getting their sales. Do you think that's why they brought back that good old-fashioned, new-fashioned one again then? Either just doing a money grab, I feel like they're trying to sell as many types of iron brews as they can to make money off it. But that just goes to show you like how many people, like if you go to a restaurant or whatever, you go to a bar, you're like, buying a can of iron brew. And then over the pandemic, they're not doing it. But still, people are buying hundreds of iron brew still. Yeah, I, we usually buy it in crates. It's never usually just a single can. Rich. Yeah. <clears throat> um, have you got any stupid stories for us today before we sort of dive in further? I have several today. Oh, let me see what we've got. Did you know that boozing stops you getting cataracts? Right, do you want to go into the facts of that? Because I did know this, <laughs> and I thought you trick MD or make MD confused, tell what it actually means. So, if you just drink Hunters, you won't go blind? And just, no. no, it says don't get blind drunk, is what it says. I don't know, a lovely wee pun. My, mine was a son. It just says sight for poor eyes. Right, of course it uh, did. So the University of... It just said University of England. University College London had uh, analysed the health records of 500,000 500, and noticed that and found low to moderate alcohol consumption was linked to low risk of Needing cataract surgery. Well, I think that the the one I had read was said that it recommended about six glasses of wine a week. And I think the reason for that is it's sort of like blood thinning into it, it promotes the sort of yeah. dilation stuff. But they've always sort of said red wine is good for that sort of business. With the antioxidants and stuff in it. Antioxidants, yeah. yeah. I didn't read that bit because my thumb was on it because I cut it so small. Oh dear. Um, have you heard about this fella, the the bo- the guy that's a boxer, the Alex Arthur person that's running for the Alibaba party? Oh yes, I've I've got that here. Do you want to tell us about that? Just and we'll just say as well, if Will's going to read this out, and he, he might be reading out some tweets that this person's put. These are like, we're going to quote it exactly. <laughs> um, it's not the words that we're using. This is the 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 words used by this candidate. Um, for the Lothian region and the upcoming election for the Alaba party, so just keep that in mind. Yeah. Well, Will's getting that, by the way, um, if I could just take a brief moment to thank our friends and sponsors at the Inverclyde Boiler Company. As you guys know, they sponsor all the Inverclyde podcasts and endeavours, and we're very appreciative to them. They are the number one heating installer in Inverclyde. They supply and install your boilers at the rated five-star on Trustpilot. Um, you can find them online or their website is the, the website's the Inverclyde Boiler Company dot co dot uk on their uh, um their new premises actually that we've talked about is one A Orangefield Place in Greenock. Phone number O one four seven five five zero three three zero four or get them on Instagram at the Inverclyde Boiler Company. But thank you so much to them. We love yeah. you. They're really really good. I can't wait to go up because I'm so excited. Our tea and biscuits have been promised, and we've asked if we can go and do a photo shoot with Shane. And I've asked if we can wear like hard hats or something, <laughs> and look like as a for like boiler installed or something. And we'll do like a photo shoot with me and you and Shane and Max the Newshound. I will look like a member of the village people. You will, yeah. I've got it funny? right. Be- I've got it right beside me. Well, can you get on with it? Well, we're still young. Well, I'm still young. 
I've not been going for a while. Do you want me to just read it? Because I've got it in front of me. I can hear you shuffling it mad there. Some sort of right. demented librarian. Do you want to read it? Because I seem to have misplaced it after right. cutting it out. So this fella, Alex Arthur, he's a former boxing champion and he's running, he's, he's on the candidate list now for Alex Salmon's Alaba Party running for the Lothian region. Can you stop rustling papers? I'm going to come in and strangle you. Okay. Running for the Lothian region in the upcoming election on May the 6th, which, by the way, as you know, April the 6th is a closing date for postal ballots. If you want to register for postal ballots, you've got until the 6th of April to do it. And you can find the link on Mouth of the Clare Instagram or look up the um, sort of electoral commission. You can either print a form or you can ask for one to be sent and send it back. But probably with such a short time, probably print it if you can and get it sent in if you don't want to go to the, the polling station. Anyway, this fella running for the Alaba Party he used to be a Commonwealth and WBO boxing champion. I don't know what that means. Um, he, he's been discovered as happens to every day in sort of public life of any sort that back in the day he put tweets on his Twitter profile that were disparaging in their nature as I said these are not our comments we're quoting from this candidate for the Alaba party in which that he referred to um, gypsies as being beggars and AIDS patients so in January last year what he said was quote them Romanian beggars in Edinburgh ain't hungry. <clears throat> Just drove past them already to switch up begging posts and all um, fat as big, juicy, overfed pigs. Um, it, 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 last night he put, I actually have Romanian friends, which is the classic. I actually have Romanian friends, some here, some in Romania, and they have warned me about certain beggars in certain areas and how they rotate. <clears throat> um he's talking about the COVID vaccination a while ago um, and he, because of his age is going to be in the next rollout he tweeted yes I'm going to be okay oh wait I'm not fat or unhealthy with no underlying issues keep your jab and he says I just don't believe I need it I'd rather not take an injection for something my perfectly good immune system can fight off quite easily he didn't say off by the way he said of OF so obviously thick as well um, I was happy my parents and grandparents got it I just don't believe I need it um, one person described himself as an AIDS and COVID survivor hit back at the claim um, they replied, it's people like you, that's the main reason the virus is spreading, would you be able to justify your opinion to someone who's having life-threatening treatment delayed because of COVID so this guy just seems like a tool bag Why would you would, I would have wanted to think that Alex Salmond is like good guy B if you know what I mean, but it's just turning out that it's not that it's well, Depends on side you're on with that one Was there not another one that he got that was sending out tweets and calling people he called uh, Green Nicky a dog or something like that. Well, if you have the facts that back that up, I'm not quoting this man in any sort of way. Right. I can't find it, so I'll come back to you when I've moved on to more notes. No, no time, no time. We've not got the notes, we're moving on. Um, I've right. got a, a article here from the Open Times. As you know, we, try and, we like to try and get papers from different regions to represent as much as we can. So we've got the Open Times today. Um, the Open Times just goes weekly, though, I will say, because it's such a, a small paper. Um, so this is from the edition of Thursday 25th of March, so they were obviously correct as of that time. But um, there's an article here. Um, that a mystery litter bug in Oban has been discarding contaminated waste in gardens in Oban. Um, so what's been found is used COVID face masks, blue protective gloves and disposable medical aprons that have been turned up in Croft Road in Oban. The items have been found in people's gardens and hedges or stuffed inside sandwich bags and crammed into gaps in the walls. <clears throat> One resident um, of that street is in her 70s and vulnerable. She's found waste on three separate occasions and she's a former health professional herself who worked for 40 years at the NHS. 
She says she's frightened to pick it up for fear of infection. She said, whether it has COVID or not, it doesn't matter. It has been used in a situation requiring gloves and masks and needs to be disposed of properly, not by someone like myself. There's no way we should be handling that. And that's absolutely correct. Like, I'm not making any accusations and stuff, but if they said it's face masks, blue protective gloves and disposable medical medical aprons, that would lead me to think it's somebody in a sort of health or care role because probably the average person maybe the even if you're a carer for somebody at home like if you're for a, a spouse or whatever you might wear a mask maybe wear gloves maybe i doubt you'd wear masks but maybe gloves but the medical apron things like them sort of yeah. white plastic aprons you get that as a maybe like a nursing staff a carer staff something like that like they're not that, sort of readily used that's a full kit there isn't it Aye, and so they've been putting them in a sandwich bag and just shoving it in. And it's not even like discarding it and it's been blown by the wind into something. That lady said it was shoved into the gaps in our wall. So somebody's deliberately done that. It's, it's just laziness. It's just, you've not getting anywhere to put it. It's just disgusting. Because we've kind of had that problem too <clears> out in the street when we're across from a home where we see like the blue ones lying about on the street. Mm-hmm. Aye. And I think even usually in that case, like, because we step across the street for like, a care home, I think in them cases it has just been face masks or gloves that you can tell maybe like, one of the nurses have opened their car door and it's kind of fell out onto the street. Mm. It's not, I don't think it's a case of people throwing things. Like, it's, it's just it's been accidentally fell out and stuff, but that's not good at all. Um, he's, I don't know if you all watched last night, but the first of the leadership debates for the Scottish parliamentary elections was on last night. Oh, I didn't need to cough. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah. It was on BBC One, and there were the four, five leaders. There were the the one that I didn't know. I didn't actually know who so she had, was. Um, we had Willie Rennie, Anna Sarwar, mm-hmm. Nicola Sturgeon, was presented by Sarah Smith, and we had Douglas Ross, embarrassed myself, and Lorna Slater for the Greens. I didn't know the person from the Greens before. It's the first time I've ever seen her. It's usually, usually the bald guy. I Patrick uh, Harvey. You'd yeah. have seen her if you'd have watched Andrew Marr at the weekend and not had a nice sleep in, because I got up and watched it. You watched the Andrew Marr? I did, yeah. Um, see, oh. speaking on this sort of thing with Eddie as well, there's a um an article here that's in the front page of the Herald today talking, we'll go to the leadership debate in a wee minute, but I just want to bring it up. Um, this thing, this hospital in La Carbor, um, Doc. Doctor leaders have been left frustrated and disappointed after NH bosses, NHS bosses again failed to set a timeline for an urgently needed flagship hospital that has already been delayed 18 years. The land was acquired six years ago to replace the crumbling Belford Hospital in La Carbor, which is Scotland's busiest rural general and main centre for mountain trauma. Um, so this is like a 32 million orthopaedic centre in Inverness was approved by the NHS hospital, but this one's been delayed for 18 years, which is insane. 18... You can't get delayed for 18 years. That's I... mental, isn't it? <laughs> um, we'll, we'll start working our way through the Herald and see what they've got to offer us today. As usual, we're just going through the papers. This isn't stories that we've sourced. We just go through the papers. If it's new, it's new. Um, we talk about what's going on and we we chat with you about it if you've got any opinions on it. So we'll start going through the Herald at the minute. One of the stories that annoyed me, straight off the bat, I'm kind of having a wee annoyed day today, is there's an article on how Scotland's visitor attractions have suffered a 77% decline in visits in the last year, and they're kind of acting a bit shocked and outraged on it, so that's things like the Royal Botanic Gardens, the National Museum, Edinburgh Zoo, which of course they fucking have. We've all been locked in the house. It's not like <laughs> as if that's some sort of unknown reason. Like, George Muir has wrote this article as if he's, what's going on? Why has it had a 77% drop? We've been locked in the house. Why do you <laughs> think? Arse biscuit. Yeah, well, 
They can't get out of the zoo. Um, I says Glasgow's most popular attraction, the Kelvin Grove Art Gallery and Museum, pulled in two hundred fifty nine thousand nine hundred seventy eight people, which is a drop of eighty six percent. They're still ahead of the Riverside Museum, which had two hundred forty six thousand nine hundred thirty three visits, a drop in eighty two percent. Well, the Culloden Visitor Centre in Inverness had just a thirteen percent annual drop after one hundred eighty two thousand four hundred ninety six visits. Um, they still it says they had um, considering the circumstances, it was actually a pretty strong year. But. It was just only at the end there, was it considering the circumstances the way they make it out, like I know going anymore. Um either the NHS and loading as well, speaking of NHS complaints, they've sent out a letter to parents like in um and in, in NHS loading sort of like districts sort of we catchment area, sending sent out letters this week to primary schools there and like through the GP's offices to people with like, primary school age kids reminding them not to circulate over the Easter breaks and not to let kids go to Easter parties. Um, it says primary schools returned to full-time learning two weeks ago and contact sports such as football or hockey are now allowed to resume with a cat of up to 15 children who are in a bubble together. But the letter said, parents or carers should only allow children to play in small outdoor groups. Larger gatherings such as parties should not be currently be happening even outdoors. Even though children are now starting to meet more in the school environment, this does not mean they should meet more outside of school. Schools have a lot of safety measures, such as hand hygiene stations, limiting mixing of pupils and regular cleaning regimes, which are not as easily followed out with the school environment. And a parent speaking on the condition of anonymity said, sending out edicts telling parents that even an outdoor party isn't allowed when most people are being sensible and only having a few children in a garden or a park is ridiculous. Would you f- follow that? Like if you had a kid in the, the school sent a letter him saying, don't let them go to an Easter party and you were going to take them to like, an outdoor thing, would you listen or would you be like, fuck you? I was under the idea that everyone under the age of 12 was all right. So I would have just send them anyway. Like I didn't know that they were. I thought you could send them to parks, and they were sort of like almost a not a mean, like, but like don't quote me on it. But I think the rules. It's not as of yet, but I think maybe it's the second of April that I think there's allowed today like outdoor like non. I mean, no, it's right now. I think I right now they're allowed today outdoor non-contact sports if they're between twelve and seventeen, mm-hmm. and as of April the second they can do contact sports. I think. But it was all around change this week. It's confusing. Well, I was even writing about it today and like, an article thing for it, and it's still confusing me. So you need to double check. I don't take a word on the, the rules, so you need to check it online. Because if you remember when <clears throat> I think when Bryce was walking past the battery, he took a photo and it was all the kids playing football and stuff, but that was like actual. Like, mm, foot- yeah, it, well, I'm not sure. That's why I was thinking that. Um, If you wanted a daily update, by the way, on the COVID situation, which I doubt you do, but I'll give you one. Day 373 of lockdown, <clears throat> confirmed cases in Scotland, 217,890, up 411 on the day before. Um, 2.4 million people have had their first vaccine, 338,000 have had their second. UK-wide, it's 4.3 million confirmed cases, which is up 4,040 since the day previous. First vaccine, 30.6 million have had their first, um, 3.8 million have had their second. Have you seen the thing, talking about COVID vaccines and stuff, have you seen the thing that Amazon has been selling? I haven't. Am- Amazon's been flogging fake vaccine passports. A company... Has Amazon, Amazon been flogging it or is it some day, it's like some sort of third-party seller? The the way they've worded it here, Amazon is flogging COVID stamps that could be used as fake vaccine cards. So, you know it's probably not them. Yeah, but, that's questionable. That should have been placed a bit better. Yeah, they've just used it, but Amazon's in big letters. It just sounds like it's it's them. So what they're doing is just 
it's just like a fake passport, so you could go into a pub and go, hey, I've had this, which... You know people are just want It's twenty seven ninety nine for it, also. For, like, the fake passport. And what does it say? It says here that it just... It just says, I am allowed in pubs, football matches. It just... It's just the same, pretty much a book version of the lanyard, but saying that I've had my jag. Um, I was actually going to talk to you about this a bit later on because I've got an article that I'm going to talk about in a wee bit that um, I think it's as of next week or something. I'll, I'll come back to it, but what it is basically is Apple are going to um, have one available on your phone soon that you can just show that you've had them, which I don't know how that's getting released at all, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain it when we've got the article and stuff. Um, remember the other day we talked about, though, about the, the SNP uh, ministers breaching COVID rules? Not for the photo. Aye, so one of them, John Swinney, Deputy First Minister, and SNP Parliamentary Business Manager, Graham Day, both apologised following the incidents. They posted photos to social media, showing them gathered with supporters outside in numbers that break current coronavirus rules. First Minister said, nobody's infallible, and referenced the incident before Christmas in which she was photographed with her mask off at a wake. Um, asked about the latest breaches, she said, the ministers, Graham and John, who made a mistake around the size of the gatherings when they were leafleting, were the wrong were in the wrong. People should follow the rules, not follow that. She said both politicians had rightly apologised, adding they're both pretty mortified that they, that they have done that. Um, Scots are currently allowed to meet up outside in groups of up, uh, up to four adults from two households. Mr Day was pictured with at least eight supporters while Mr Swinney was photographed with four others. And the Graham Day picture, like I've been trying to look into it, but that she, like, she's not commented on it and nobody else has. Mm. I'm pretty sure in the Graham Day photo, um, Ashley Story was one of them, Janie Godley's daughter. I'm pretty sure she's in it. Like, if you look at it closely, it looks exactly like her. I'll have a wee look later. Like, I think it's actually printed on the back of one of these, but I don't want to rustle about anymore. Um, I see a wee while ago we were talking about as well how in Minecraft they're like building, um, I th- what was it they were building? Some sort of national park anyway that people could go and visit, run it and see. Like, it was to teach yeah. kids how to take care of like national parks and stuff for that kind of job. What they've done now, a sculpture park, Jupiter Artland, has been recreated in Minecraft, allowing people to explore it virtually even if they're unable to visit. The park is in West Lothian and features works by artists such as Sir Anthony Gormley, Sir Anish Kapoor, Charles Jenks and Ian Hamilton Finlay over a spread of a 100-acre site. The sculpture has been recreated in Minecraft. Um, allows builder, like, you know what Minecraft is. You can virtually explore the site in the Minecraft Artland and build their own creations outside the gates and a competition running to design a sculpture which will be given a permanent place in the digital park. That's awesome, but I still feel left behind because I'm rubbish at it and I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't really understand it either. I'm never good at that sort of thing. Oh, I've seen something about Easter eggs that I thought was quite funny. Mm. If that's okay to talk about. Yeah. That uh, Deliveroo are having this thing on Easter Sunday. That they're going they're going to have a special service for people like you know when you go to a house and you give out eggs and you're like, shit, I'm one shot. Yeah. They're going to have cars ready with eggs. So you could you just phone you just put it in and they will send someone over with an egg within twenty minutes so you don't look like an idiot. So that's going to be a big service that's going to be happening in cities. A special yeah. egg delivery. Smart of them, I guess. Yeah. Clever. I what? remember, like, on Easter a couple of years ago, it was, like, we'd ordered takeaway for somewhere and they bought us, like, an Easter egg with it. I can't remember where it was that done that. Oh, we've got a comment that we'll play this. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, 
Cool. What the fuck was that? What was oh, that all about? That was G's groupie, I think his name was. Do you know what? I think he was probably making fun of your accent, thinking he's a big man and coming on here and then disappearing. See if you want a square go, mate. Come back here and I'll speak to you. Or meet me outside, how about that? You're not in the mood for this today, are you? Like, no, I'm not in a fucking mood for it today. Come and make fun of my accent, you cunt. I'll do you. <laughs> are Just you? No. Oh, here he is. Ash, why am I right. right. I'm not going to get I'm not going to get Right, Edinburgh Council, um, they've spent 5.5 million quid on legal fees defending high-profile cases, it's in here. City of Edinburgh Council spent 5.4 million on external legal advice over the past five years, including um, defence for the Morton Hall crematorium inquiry. Um, that was, in that one, it was £89,000 was spent defending the council after the remains of at least 250 babies were buried in secret um, at the crematorium in Edinburgh over a period of 40 years. And um, there's a now one. The council's representation at a child abuse inquiry cost 180,000, oh. less than a tenth of the defence of the Edinburgh tram inquiry. Costing big money in Edinburgh, a lot of shit going on with the council. I, I remember seeing the thing with the babies, but I didn't know about the other one. That's, That's a lot of money, though. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, as well. Drugs. A man has been arrested after police seized more than 44 grand worth of drugs. From a house in Lanark. The drugs are believed to be diamorphine with a street value of 44 grand. He's going to be appearing at Lanark Sheriff Court this week, I think. Um, the det- detective sergeant said, um, Graham McAdam's name is, drugs have no place in our communities. We work every day to target those involved in drug supply to gather intelligence and target offenders. Anyone with information regarding drugs, etc. Phone 101. Or me. 44 grand worth of diamorphine? What is diamorphine? What? I was going to ask, is that the liquid or is that the... No, that's Oromorph is the liquid. I, I actually don't know what diamorphine is. I'm going to Google it right now. Maybe it's them tablets. I think I've been on tablets before that was like some sort of morphine. Like after I had my surgery and that. Was that not the ones that were really, really brightly coloured? And remember the ones that had the wee powder? The wee oh, diamorphine and... is the one they use for injection. Oh, so that's the good one. Like the times I've been in hospital and my gallbladder's been fucked. That's the one they inject here. It just like sends you straight to heaven. Oh, is that the one you get the wee button? Aye, the wee button that just like press, press, press. Um, oh, aye, there's something I wanted to talk about. Last night, when the leadership debate was on, there was an article um, on uh, the BBC had tweeted it, but I had read the article earlier in the day, and it was just saying basically what time it started, who was going to be there, the issues that were going to be raised, etc. And so I thought, oh, I'll retweet it on the mouth of the Clyde Instagram, and on, on, the, on the mouth of the Clyde Twitter, sorry. So I was going to retweet it. I pressed it to retweet, and it popped up saying you have not read this article, are you sure you'd like to retweet it? Because obviously to them, it looked as if I hadn't read it and it was like sort of, I think they're sort of targeting sort of misinformation and spread of things. And there's an article about it in the paper today. Social media platforms are taking action on one one in every eight posts containing COVID-19 and anti-vaccine misinformation, according to a new study. The Centre for Countering Digital Hate, CCDH, said the resource saw 832 posts containing misinformation reported to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter, with 12.5% acted upon. 
Um, the online safety group said the posts in question were widely interacted with, including 1.5 million likes and more than 120,000 comments, which is CCDH. It is suggested that it had been seen by millions of people. According to the research, 3.9% of the reported posts were removed, 2% were giving a warning, and 6.6% of the cases, the account, um, the account posting it was removed as well. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just going to show you that like people are, like these social media sites are starting to step it up now and being like, no, yeah. like you've not even read that, you're not sharing that. Just after Donald left, though. Like they had to... I know, took their time. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and remember how last year, like, the, sort of the, the midst of this COVID and people were being furloughed and all that, worrying about money, and like, a lot of sort of, um, like, lenders were offering payment holidays? Yeah. Well, it's a bit late to tell everybody this now because it's half past six at night, but um, borrowers have until today to apply for a payment holiday on, on products such as mortgages, personal loans, and credit cards. Eligible customers who have not taken a payment holiday before and those who have previously had a payment deferral totaling less than six months have until 31st of March to apply. I don't know if it goes on until midnight or whatever it is, but um, that's that sort of coming in today. I don't, I, I don't <clears> think <throat> I pay anything to get a payment holiday from. No, you would need to pay debts no. to, to do that and you don't get involved yeah. in that. No. Um, I've got a story about Scottish beavers being released into the wild in Wales. Tell me about the beavers. Um, They are to help manage important peat bog habitat conservation. Mm. The first members of a family of beavers, a father and son, were released in a secure fenced area at, sorry, I'm going to pronounce this badly because it's Welsh, I'm sorry, Cors Defi Nature Reserve near Macalenith Powys. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry any Welsh people listening. A, a nature reserve in Wales. I've got Scottish beavers, I don't know. Hmm. Are there pictures of the beavers? No, just, no, no pictures of the beavers, unfortunately. Just the beavers are out and about. Oh, I've got a story that um, Andrew Swimbrickett will be interested in, though. The no. Sir Andy Murray has revealed that he missed he missed um seeing some of the world's most iconic landmarks <laughs> because he wanted to stay in his hotel room and play his PlayStation. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, he said what he would do, like, so he would travel over the world to you know for his job and stuff like that to train or to play matches or whatever he was doing with his, his sports things. Um, and what he would do is take his console with him <clears throat> as soon as he got to the destination. His main focus was um getting his PlayStation plugged in, get it on. He said, in my younger years, I always used to travel with my PlayStation. I didn't really go out and see the sights or do the touristy things, and I kind of regret that now. I wish I'd done it a bit more because we got to go to some amazing places and travel all around the world. So, yes, I do regret that a little now because it was such an, a great opportunity to see such amazing things. You just repeat the same thing over and over again, but usually we just travel, we just train. He's a very boring fella. I love Andy Murray. See the time we won Wimbledon? And they're like, how you doing? He went, I'm buzzing. And it just... Yeah. So, that was it. Um, I've got a story as well that people that think you can talk about anything you want in front of babies, they don't know what you're talking about. That's not true. There has um, been studies done here. Um, the woman's called Dr. Barbara Scarabella of the School of Philosophy, Psychology and Language Sciences. Done a study here saying that babies recognise combinations of words even before they've uttered their first word, according to this research done by the University of Edinburgh. Um, they assessed 36 infants language learning behaviour in a series of attention tests using recorded adult speech and the findings um, assessing 11 to 12 months old kids showed that the inf- infants at the cusp of talking are already processing multi-word phrases such as clap your hands and sing a song which suggests that babies learn individual words and more complex phrases and they can actually understand more than you think So sitting with a baby under 6 months and watching South Park probably wasn't a clever idea Mm-hmm. Right. And like <clears throat> them sort of books that you get, that you know, like they go the fuck to sleep or something like that, whatever it's called, they probably know what you're saying. 
Yeah. Um, have you getting else for us before I go on? Because I've done a few now. Yeah, I actually found that Alba Party one. But there were another member of the Alba Party. There was a dodgy one called Dr. Walker. Who, who who said that uh, Ian Blackford is a pathetic little man, described uh, the defector Kenny McCaskill as an embarrassment. He called the First Minister a cow, and he's running for... He's a candidate for the, the party. He doesn't say where right now. It's going well already. Like, the candidates are coming out as like, racists and bigots, and they've had yeah. a hack already. It's going to cost them like 17 million quid, and it's going super, super well. Oh, he's running for West Lothian. That's that guy. That's the same guy. Is it? This is this one said Doctor Walker. All right, maybe it's no. Yeah. We just Lothian a lot of dodgy folk. I've got yeah. a comment here. I play this. Yeah, go ahead. Good evening. What are we seeing? What's happening right now? Um, let me know what's going on uh, in the Scottish news. A hundred of things, Josh. Just so many things. Just people making arses of themselves and. Yeah. There's so much crap going on. There's a fucking... Oh, right. I'm going to tell you the publication I'm reading it from is The Times. So take of that what you will, bear in mind their political agenda. An article on the front cover of The Times today saying that an independent Scotland would face a 10-year wait to rejoin the EU. Um, this is a, a warning that comes from Whitehall. Um, the Institute for Government, the IFG, which is a think tank down there, says that membership would be impossible unless Edinburgh was prepared to carry out checks on goods from England crossing the border. It said it would lead to the first hard land border in Britain for three quarter of a centuries. Um, and the leaders debate last night, the First Minister used that as an opportunity to say that she would use the sort of first half of the term of this next upcoming parliament to get ourselves back into the European single market so we can get trade across Europe freely again, which of course is seven times the size of the UK market. She said that being out of the single market in addition to COVID is costing our exporters dear. Um, but it's came under pressure from the audience, it says, which it didn't. A, a lot of people agreed with that. But yeah. um, if the SNP can secure a referendum, it's made clear that one of the first acts for independent Scotland would be to ask to rejoin the EU. <clears throat> this um, Institute for Government report suggests that, in principle, Brussels would be keen for Scotland to rejoin, but only after formal separation from the UK was complete. The IFG also warns that if Scotland rejoined the EU, it would have very serious consequences for the UK internal market. It says that rejoining the EU would mean Scotland participating in the single market and customs union, which is the whole idea. And as a result, the Anglo-Scottish border would become a new external customs and regulatory frontier for the EU. It adds that even if Scotland chose a looser model of integration with the EU, such as joining the European Economic Area, this could not grant frictionless access to both the EU and the UK markets. But as the First Minister said, um, the the trade across Europe is seven times the size of the UK market, so I'm sure yeah. um, the Scottish government will make their choices there and, and whatever they think is going to be right. I hope so. And so, what is what is that supposed to be? Is like a threat that an independent Scotland would yeah. face a ten year wait to rejoin the EU, as as opposed to what if we didn't get independence and we'd never fucking go back? We'd just be stuck out against our worlds, you know. Even if it takes I'll... ten years, it'll take fucking ten years, but we'll be back again eventually. Oh, but you won't be able to use the pound. You won't be able to. Well, we'll. Oh, my heart pumps pish. Won't let you into Gretna Green, right? So I found another one today that I thought was actually quite interesting because it was something I never thought about. Ash. Yeah. U- UK ministers are now going to try to charge the tobacco companies forty million to clear up the butts. They want to charge them to so. To clean up butts because it actually turns out that 
when they're cleaning streets, 68% of rubbish they find on the streets always has those butts in it. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to make, they were going to try to make it law that people that smoke carry their own ashtrays, but they're not sure if people would do that. But they were actually classing it as they wanted to tax it more because of the fact that your weed out thing is single-use plastic. See what so, I'll say? I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. I'm on the vape now, like a, a tragic idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to smoke and when you're like a smoker, even if you're a vape smoker, you're still judged beyond all recognition. Like it's not a thing anymore. People hate smokers and that's fair enough. And like, I'll grant you like cigarette smoke does stink. But like as a smoker, how often would you be in a position where you'd be at a bar or a restaurant, you go outside to have a smoke, there would be no ashtray, there'd be no facilities, just for the reason that that, that place doesn't want you to smoke near there, they want you to not be near it because it stinks and whatever, but people are going to do it, and so if there's not going to be any like sort of receptacles to get rid of it, they're going to just throw it on the street, because I don't like littering, like I, I never, yeah. never litter, but there was times when I smoked that I would drop a cigarette down on the ground, because like you're out somewhere, you're out drinking or whatever it is, there's nowhere to get rid of it, so you need to put it out somewhere. Of what they have is one of those wee tiny boxes, and it's a big giant pub, and it's just going to get full all the time. That is, it's just uh, trying to look, they're going to try to like. I don't see why they don't just ban smoking if they're going to just keep doing this to them and keep doing this. Don't to fucking them. encourage them. We can control every fucking aspect of personal freedom we've ever had. Can they smoke? Can they fuck all? That's the only the, one pleasure we've got left. They banned men. I've got this comment here. I'm going to play this comment right. All right. I just wanted to let you know that I'm not actually Scottish. Um, I'm actually quarter Scottish, but I'm actually from Yorkshire. Um, That's no pretty good, Scotland want to be independent. I say I let him. I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't see why they can't do so. Um, I don't know what the rest of the English public think about it, but me personally, I have no qualms with it. I think you you should be able to do what you want. And um, you shouldn't have to face the backlash of the EU. You have to wait 10 years. I don't think that's right. That was a fucking impressive accent, Josh. Well done on that one. No, like, fooled us on that one. <clears throat> no, but I, that's, like, I think that's fair enough, and I agree with that as well. Like, If people in Scotland want it, they should get it. Why is England fighting yeah. so hard? They seem to have something that they're frightened of. Um, like, see day. I'm going to get back on moaning about David Cameron again, because he's in the fucking front cover of the paper. And also, the fucking... The, <sighs> right... See this whole thing about the Sarah Everard thing? Yeah. Scotland Yard was exonerated yesterday nice. over its policing of the Sarah Everard vigil. It says by an independent report. Okay. Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary and Fire and Rescue Services condemned the chorus of public figures who attacked the Met after the arrest of female protesters in Clapham Common, South London. They weren't protesters. They were attending a vigil. <clears throat> they weren't yeah. protesters. The watchdog said the Met's response to the vigil in memory of Sarah Everard 33... It said who was allegedly kidnapped and murdered by a police officer was justified given the coronavirus risk and malign actions by abusive and aggressive protesters. It criticised leading voices in positions of some responsibility who called for the resignation of Dame Cresta Dick as Commissioner of the Met, despite having a very limited understanding of what had happened. And I've got some more information on that as well because, um, as you know, Duchess of Cambridge, Kate Middleton, she went and attended the vigil at some point during that day. Um, but it wasn't while well, the vigil was officially ca- being carried out. It was, I think she went at 6pm. It started at 6pm or something. She went either before or after it, but she went on her own without security and all this. Um, and there was an investigation and uh, they sort of looked into this and they've came out and said that it wasn't breaking c- coronavirus rules when the Duchess of Cambridge went because she was there 
um, in a working capacity, apparently. But she wasn't. She went there on her own and she didn't have a mask on, first of all. There was a whole bunch of people there and she went to lay flowers because she said, at the time, she said that she remembers walking through London as a single woman and what that felt like and things. So she went to pay her respect. And it was they said at the time it was a personal visit, but now there's a possibility that she might get in trouble for breaking COVID rules. All of a sudden it was work. So... Would that Fucking make it a whatever. protester also then? I guess so. Oh, I've got an answer, Josh here. You reckon it could be something to do with the fact that obviously Ireland have gained their independence um, and Great Britain don't want to lose more countries, more yeah. income for themselves. I don't know. Let me know your thoughts on that one. I think that's probably quite right. It's like, whatever does it like... I think the only reason it could be is that they're against it as a financial decision because really they don't give a fuck about Scottish people's opinions or any stuff. Like as we talk about all the time, I know I keep bringing it up, but if you look back at the the EU referendum, like everything in Scotland, every single constituency voted to stay in the EU, and it was yeah. just like so fuck. You know, people in England want to go, so we're going. These are coming ways. It's like you know a divorce of your parents that you don't want to move in with your mum, but you're going. Doesn't matter. And the whole thing they sold the the independence thing on was. If you leave, you won't get into the EU. And like less than uh, exactly. years later, they want the Their whole promise was: if you leave the UK, you have to leave the EU as well. You can't have everything. And so, people voted to stay as part of the UK, and they were in the EU anyway. Just lies you tell, lies, 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 and Manelli all day long. It's like, see if they're like, oh, they won't vote for it anyway. Why don't you just give them it? Like, just go make an arse of yourself then. Like, you're going to get, they're going to vote no. Make an arse of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But they know it's not going to happen that way. Aye. Um, so, see the David Cameron thing? Oh, I'm going to play this first because probably about this. I don't know how much difference there is between, of course, the Scottish and the Catalonians in Barcelona that want their independence. I don't know. If there's much difference between them, I mean, I'm I'm not political personally, um, I'm far from it, but it's interesting to hear people's views on um, current world events and things like that. So I thought I'd jump in and give my opinion. Well, we appreciate it, Josh. Thanks so much. It's yeah. nice to have you. It's like we um, <clears throat> we're not the most educated people in the world, to be honest. But we just we think it's a laugh. We just go through the papers and like our favourite bit really is yeah. like chatting. Every day it comes on, it's just a wee, a wee bit of a topic of conversation. It do the papers. And just for a bit of complaining, because everybody likes to moan about politicians for one reason or another. Um, the other day we were talking about David Cameron thing anyway, because this whole thing with Lex Greenshill and how he was giving him sort of privileged access. And I seen today that Lex Greenhill actually had business cards saying that he was like a senior advisor and his office was listed as the prime minister's office and all that sort of stuff. So he's getting all these privileges. Um, he's on the front cover of the Times today because David Cameron says went on a uh, desert camping trip to lobby Mohammed bin Salman only months after the Saudi Crown Prince ordered the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. He was invited on the trip and he's as in, in his role as a paid advisor and lobbyist for the billionaire student financer Lex Greenshill, whose company obviously Greenshill Capital collapsed this month. At the time of the trip, um, early last year, a UN report had already found credible links between the Crown Prince and the murder of Khashoggi in October 2018. The United States has since formally announced that Bin Salman approved the killing. Um, and so we've got... I'll just grab this here real quick. Hold on. Aye. So, the Financial Times published this thing and you can see the, the business card in here. If you look at this as well, the Lex Greenshill Senior Advisor, Prime Minister's Office at 10 Downing Street. He's still billed as 
dickhead but the Financial Times put this out first reported the, the Cameron meeting said that Greenshill had um, boasted about the trip telling one person that he had bonded under the night sky with the Saudi royal over the fact that two men had studied law at university <clears throat> the newspaper cited flight records for Greenshill Capital's four private aircraft showing a series of trips to Saudi Arabia in the first three months of last year Cameron is also believed to have used Greenshill's corporate jets extensively. Flight records for one of the aircraft shows numerous trips to and from Newquay Airport, which is about half an hour drive from David Cameron's holiday home in Cornwall. Um, and Labour has demanded urgent answers from Cameron about and from the government about this and about Greenshill's contact with senior government figures. Annalise Dodds, the Shadow Chancellor, said the emergence of the business card raises further serious questions about the special access Les Greenhill was granted to the heart of the government. She added, the public have a right to know what happened here. We need a full, transparent and thorough investigation. Um, and quasi quarting the business secretary told Sky News that Cameron did absolutely nothing wrong in his work with the finance company. Fuck off. The idea of when you said camping, I was like, I wonder what camping with a Saudi prince would be like. It's, it's not just a couple of tents, is it? A Saudi prince that had ordered the murder of a journalist. Like, it's absolutely yeah. mental business. Uh, we've got a place coming again. Sorry to interrupt, guys. Boris here. Um, you're not leaving the uh, the, the UK. Um, I'm putting my foot down. You're not fucking leaving. End of story. Please remember to stay home and protect the NHS. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> David Cameron's a dodgy bastard. No questions asked there. Yes, he he's a fucking prick. He, he even looks like a slimy prick. And the way he talks, it always sounds like he's got a mouthful of saliva constantly. Like balls in his mouth. Just, it's always that picture of him buying that car. And he's I know. The police on. It just annoys the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. He went and bought a motor. Yeah. Um, I think I want to talk about as well. You know how that Titanic um, sort of museum thing that's in Belfast? Yeah. They're talking about doing one of them to pay tribute to the like the shipyards on the Clyde, um, saying that Clyde Bill was a badge of quality for the ocean-going liners, merchantmen and battleships from more than 25,000 vessels fashioned on the riverbanks in the early 18th century. A new venue is being planned to celebrate Clyde shipbuilding glorious past and the potential future and showcase the area's marine engineering expertise. Um, the shipyard trust said the great industrial and great industrial achievements of the River Clyde and steam propulsion, engineering, and shipbuilding are widely known not just in the UK but around the world. What do you think of that? So they build a museum about that because they, they actually name in it um, the yards that are they earned global renown um, and so became a target for German bombers during the Second World War yeah. during the Blitz. John Brown and Co of Clyde Bank, Denny of Dumbarton, Scots of Greenock, and Lithgow's of Port Glasgow. See, the thing is that. I would think that would be awesome because it's a part of our history. But when you mentioned the Titanic one, the Titanic one's more kind of for grief porn and what happened to the ship yeah, than it was. Yeah, it is. I think that's like, a different sort of thing. Yeah. But is it not just rubbing our faces in it? You know, look, this, we used to be the best at this and now it's a museum. Like, come Aye. see. Because the interesting thing about it, um, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> sorry, man, I'm just coughing so much. Um, it right. says, the Trust has launched a consultation to identify a location with the only stipulation being that it is sited on the banks of the Clyde where the Scott family set up the first yard at Greenock in 1711. Clyde shipbuilding stretching along both banks reached its peak just before the First World War. It is estimated that in 1913 alone more than 370 ships were completed. So if it's going to be built, it's going to be here? It should be. I'm trying to think where it could be, like down here, like the front of the... Like, 
just along from the... Oh, Billy Dunphy for Morrisons or something? Aye, that's what I was thinking. That was, right, I dry docks and that. Mm-hmm. Aye, right I'll there. bless um, as we comment again. David Cameron's that much of an idiot, right? He says he's an, he's an Aston Villa fan. But he said my team, West Ham, in a press conference. I'm like, oh my God, he's such an imbecile. <laughs> he makes a fool of himself. And he's still, he was still some our Prime Minister. <sighs> Up the Boris. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them things, though, probably for politicians, they'll support whatever football team is in that area that they're whatever making their speech in. Do you know what I mean? They would support whatever. Um, I've got a thing about Queen Victoria here. I know you're into Queen Victoria, Brownie. I do like Queen Victoria. And it sounds a bit like, I don't know, a bit like sort of upper class and shady to me, right? Chocolate ordered by Queen Victoria to boost her soldiers' morale has been found in its original wrapping in a Boer War helmet case in the attic of a country house. It was discovered by the National Trust staff and relatives of the helmet's former owner, Sir Henry Paston Beddingfield, the 8th Baronet, when they were catalogued in the possessions of his daughter, Frances Greathead, who had died last year, he's 100. Uh, Beddingfield served in the Second Boer War of 1899-1902, and curators believe he kept the sweet treat as a memento, now of distinctly unappetising appearance. It was part of a huge batch issued to troops in South Africa in 1900 on the Queen's initiative. Um, so it's got like a wee picture over here, wee chocolate bar for the Queen to cheer them up. Um, the chocolate was made by Cadbury, Fries and Roundtrees, but the Quaker Ooh. companies refused to accept payment owing to their owners' pacifist principles. The branding was left off the wrappers until Victoria insisted that her men should see that they were receiving British chocolate. <laughs> Anna Forrest of the National Trust said, although it no longer looks appetising, it is well past its use by date. It is still complete and a remarkable find. By the turn of the century, Henry was a major in the militia of the King's Liverpool Regiment and fought in the Boer War. He was still in South Africa when his father died in 1902, which is when he returned to England and to Oxborough Hall, aged 42. It is said that one night while in his tent, Henry heard a woman crying, followed by his father's voice saying, It's your mother, Henry, I'm dying. In the morning, he met the adjutant who wrote his story down and dated it. It was two weeks before they got a telegram confirming his father's death. Henry's uncle was a friend of the 5th Duke of Wellington and arranged for Henry to be sent back to England and the trust intended to put the Boer War items on display at the house. So it was like a wee psychic moment or something? Yeah. And I, I could imagine the Queen's like, we're not putting label on, like, I need them to know it's the best of gear. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, you know, in booze, it says, more than 2,000 offenders a year will be fitted with a, a sobriety tag under a scheme starting in England today to crack down on alcohol fueled crime. The, al- cool. the ankle tags will monitor sweat levels every 30 minutes and will alert the probation service if alcohol is detected. Offenders caught breaching their drinking ban could face fines or further sentences in court and the Ministry of Justice said the high-tech devices were aimed at tackling domestic abuse and unprovoked attacks on strangers because alcohol was attributed as one of the driver influences of both crimes. Um, under a scheme that began in Wales in October, more than 95% of participants have stayed sober uh, and the Ministry of Justice said that criminal, criminals had credited it as helping improving their lifestyle. What do you think of that, in, um, uh, Josh? If you're in England, what do you think of that? If you were to like have this, no, I'm not saying you're a criminal or anything, Josh, but you know, for you know, in England, having an ankle bracelet on to detect your sweat and can see what I would say. Like, I'm type one diabetic, and so sometimes, like, if my sugars are fucked, like the sweat of a diabetic, like, I could read incorrectly and, and think that you did alcohol because of like the ketones and stuff like that, and it could yeah. be inaccurate. But what do you think about Brownie about having a, a tag on to see if you're steaming? The first two things I thought of, I was like, I wonder if they'd pick up on drugs. That was the first. But uh, the other thing is, with your diabetes and stuff, like, there's sometimes you sh- you've got more sugar in your blood and in your sweat than a can of Red Bull. Yeah. Like, 
it's it's crazy, but I don't know how that would work. You would just pull your socks up as high as you high as you could go and go get steaming. And what if you did if you were like Prince Andrew and you didn't sweat? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that one. I've got two comments. I'm gonna play these down now. That is rather dodgy, I must say, but I wouldn't have minded trying a chocolate myself. <laughs> a Queen Victoria chocolate, of course. <laughs> Blast for me to not try a little, a little nibble on the corner. <laughs> Josh, you're so good at accents. You should be like his a voice actor. His voice amazing. every time. It's getting silly, um, but there is a lot of bad, bad drunks in England um, that start on people for no reason. I'm not much of a drinker myself, so I can't say much. But um, I've not got much of an opinion on this. I do apologise. I'm quite neutral on it. If I was a bit of a drinker, um, then maybe I would, but I don't really drink much, so can't be much of help here. So the thing is, right, that you've got to be, like, right into your booze if they're going to put a bracelet onto you. Like, that's not just, like, a couple of beers at night. That's... Aye. That's, that's people proper, that's like, like, boozing, yeah. That's the sort of person that gets steaming and, like, either, like, uses an excuse to hit their wife or something like that and you're like yeah it's, well that's what it's, it's for it's seemingly like a tackle domestic yeah. abuse it's like sort of change a topic here there's a big advert here uh, for like um hot cross buns like since we're coming up to the easter time um yeah. it's an advert for waitrose which we don't have because we live in a scummy area um but it's heston blumenthal for waitrose and he's made oh, no. mo- mocha hot cross buns it says you can taste when it's a blend of belgian chocolate and colombian coffee and it's just like big chocolatey hot cross buns and with chocolate chips in it it looks like what's your like, are you a hot cross bun sort of gentleman do you like them i do like I, I like is that the ones that i put jam on i jam i yeah see because it was heston blumenthal i was waiting for you were going to be able to taste cedar taste the jesus in yeah. it because all that pish no, remember the one that he had that was like fish and chips and he gave you a shell to smell so you could smell the sea yeah. and stuff? But it always interests me, but I always thought it was a bit a bit prickish, a bit douchey at the same time. Yeah, but it just it sounds nice. Like, he does do some douchebaggy like sort of food and stuff and pretentious shit, but uh, a mocha hot cross bun, I would not oh, say no. Yeah, that sounds good. Was it not gastro? Gastro something. It wasn't cut. He wasn't. He was a gastroomist or some. I just made up a word there. No, gastronomist. That's the word I'm thinking of. All right, we've got another comment. Oh yay! Right, I'd love to stick around and chat all day, but I've just got in from work and I'm absolutely knackered, cream crackered. <clears throat> so I'm going to head into the shower. I'll probably be about uh, thirty minutes. So if you're still alive after, I can probably jump back <laughs> in. <laughs> And we can talk a bit more about the news, um, what's going on, uh, talk about Great Britain, and yeah, up the Scotland. Enjoy your shower, Josh, you're a legend. Hope you come back and chat to us. That is, all of them so good, just confusing the shower. He's me. fucking like, brilliant. He's so good. Like, I actually don't know where he's from now. Like, I'm questioning my whole life. It's, Everybody's going to think we've got like, like, if you listen back to the podcast and we upload it, people are going to think we've got like, hundreds of listeners and it's just all Josh. That's, that's how we do it. Just one guy does lots of listening. Um, there's a, a thing in here for a call for Scots to like local hero mayors. And so what they're saying is like, 
um, the like the local authorities in Scotland sort of need more power and stuff. Most people don't know who runs their local council, who the councillors and stuff are. Um, and what they're saying, Lord McConnell of Glens Corrodale, right? Fucking Jack McConnell. He's saying Scotland needs stronger voices across the country and more power devolved, more power to devolved communities. So they're saying what they're proposing is to elect a local hero mayor. So somebody in your area that you feel is like an amazing person and they be your mayor. Is there anybody that you would know that you would want to um, nominate to be the mayor of Inverclyde? We live in Greenock. It would end up Catman, that homeless John guy that everyone knows and says hello yeah. to, or Rosie that goes around giving out flowers. That aye, Rosie. That that would be it. Who do you think from Greenock have you got? Well, I had put on our Instagram on Mouth of the Clyde um, that everybody would love Cakes by Siobhan because remember we done our International Women's Day poll oh, yeah. of who everybody's favourite person was and everybody, like everybody, <laughs> Cakes by Siobhan, they love her. <laughs> um, and so we, we're getting, you know, exciting this week because we've got an exclusive interview with Siobhan that we're going to have on mouthoftheclyde.com. You can see that this week. Right. Do we get Cakes by Siobhan too? Because no, we're not going to eat cake special, but we are having more giveaway coming like next end of next week, and we're going to have end lots of, of stuff in that. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And there'll be cake special one too, or something, maybe something. No, not cake special one, but there's going to be sweet treats. There's going to be Purdy's right. Pantry next week. Their stuff looks Ooh. fucking ace. Because I've actually ordered stuff for the giveaway and for us as well. Because they've got cupcakes, right? So not only do they get a cupcake, but then it's like obviously frosted with the buttercream. On top of that, you're going to get a cake to decorate a cake and each of the cakes so you get ones that's like the wee caramel tart that you would get in school and the other ones are like the the wee sort of school sponge like the sponge with the white icing and the sprinkles on it that I make so it's like cake on cake that's like cake section aye so we're getting that from Purdy's Pantry next week well it's kind of give you like sneak peeks of what we'll be getting um, fudge your... from fudge for you we're going to have um, we're going to have cakes from Purdy's Pantry. We are going to have a Smash Heart from Smash Hearts in Verclyde. It's going to be are, good are stuff. They get, are they getting a roaster cup? I'm going to try and get a roaster cup from um, Clyde Coffee Club. So we need to contact our friend um, and sports expert Michael Frizzle. We're trying to get some Inverclyde gin as well. We're buying all this stuff, by the way. We're not like getting any of it for free or any of that sort of stuff. We, we, we like supporting local businesses, so we're not asking for like, yeah. shit all for free. Um, we're, we're buying all the wee bits and pieces. Um, all we're going to get as well, see the wee crafty owl that's on our street in, in the yeah. town centre. They get nice wee crafty kits, so we're going to go in and get like some bits from that. Um, we're going to try and get some candles from Inverkip Candles as well. There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. And we've got wax melts from um, Bewitched Melts and Candles. So there's just going to be so much in this box. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to want to keep it. I might win it. You're not going to win it. <laughs> got another comment. Oh, I. Yeah, sorry. Um, before I go, just tap my profile uh, on the message thing and you'll be able to see my profile. I am from Yorkshire. This is my normal voice. <laughs> Take care, folks. Cheers, Josh. I'm following Josh. Josh is cool. Oh, he does like football shows. Oh, we could listen to him and he'd be able to teach us about football and he can help us as well because we're shit at football. He does NFL also. That's always interesting. We need... We don't want to replace Frizzle. Frizzle no, we're not replacing is... Frizzle, but we can have lots of people. Frizzle um, football. <clears throat> I've got some wee random stupid stories if you're interested. Yeah, let's go with that. What you got? Um, <clears throat> so the the um, you know Michael Palin, the fellow, the Monty Python guy that travels about the place. Yeah. Um. So there's a thing here saying um. The it's it's from um, producer John Lloyd. 
insist that Michael Palin isn't as nice as he seems. He's actually got a darker side. He said that no. when he toured, when he toured, uh, a, he toured the US. One hotel manager asked if they could trash the rooms to give his establishment some publicity, like if Michael Palin would. Um, he was on. Um, John Lloyd was on the No Such Thing as a Fish podcast. Um, and he said that Michael Palin was like then asked to do that and was like up for like you know trashing a hotel room like Led Zeppelin style. So what Michael Palin did was went into the bathroom of his suite and he broke a toothbrush and then he asked <laughs> if he could pay for the damage. <laughs> well, you had me worried there. I thought what Palin. No, Palin's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. <clears throat> um, also, life appeared to imitate art last year when the government spent about one million pounds per patient treated in the Nightingale hospitals. This echoed an episode of Yes Minister that featured a hospital <laughs> that won awards for efficiency because it had five hundred administrators and no patients. The creator, Jonathan Lynn, told Times Radio yesterday that the idea wasn't so far-fetched. After the show went on air, they discovered there were six hospitals in a similar position. One in Cambridgeshire had only one patient, he said. That was the matron who had tripped over the scaffolding and broke her leg. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) Um, I've got a story on narcissists here. You're interested in hearing that. The only supporting image of it is a picture of Kanye West. Um, so it starts off, uh, Muhammad Ali said, I am the greatest. Kanye West declared himself God's vessel, lamenting that alone in the world he was cursed with the pain of never seeing himself perform live. Jesus. Some might suggest that these men are a bit too pleased with themselves, but are they actually compensating for hidden insecurities? Of course they are. A study has found that narcissists are often beset by doubt and that their behaviour might be a way of overcompensating it adds to a growing belief among some psychologists that what we think of as narcissism is in fact encompassing of two very different traits. Um, so the quote is, it's long been speculated whether narcissism may be misnamed. The name implies excessive self-love. And this comes from um, Pascal Wallach from New York University. Um, what if that is wrong? What if there are two facets of this? Maybe one group is genuinely believing their own propaganda and um, and the other is self-loathing leads to overcompensation. This would help to explain the other aspects of narcissism that is self-defeating. If I think I'm amazing, would it be wise for me to tell you that? Wallach said, that's been the puzzle. Even if you accept I'm God's gift to humanity, it still raises the question, why would I say that? Other people think less of you and it causes all sorts of awkward and cringy situations. Um, so he done some research. It's called Personality and Individual Differences. And it had 300 volunteers who filled in a series of questions on, on their personality traits. These questions, such as, would you rather receive an award for work that you that you are proud of, or or no? Let me read it again. Would you rather receive an award for work that you are not proud of, or do you work that you are proud, or do work that you are proud of but that goes unrecognized? What would you rather? I would rather just get work that wasn't recognized. Yeah, but that you're proud of. It depends if I've got a gift voucher with the award. For God's sake. A gift voucher or something, I would think about it. Um, there's a thing here about a judge taking the piss out of these three robbers because they tried to raid a place and made an arse of it. Three burglars were branded buffoons by a judge when after they were caught running from a botched jewellery raid, caked in brick dust, having set oh. off an alarm by drilling through a wall. The men broke in into the Cheltenham Tweed Company on the town's promenade on January 9th this year and drilled their way through the dividing wall in the basement to get into the antiques and jewellery shop next door. The raid on promenade antiques backfired when the alarm connected to a safe went off and they were seen running away covered in dust. Um, Gloucester Crown Court was told that the men, I'm not going to name them, 
Um, within seconds, he spotted Newman mid in mid run, and then acting in a nonchalant manner, manner in which he was assessed rather being suspicious. He said he noticed that Newman was covered in brick dust, which gave him cause to arrest him. So basically, the guy started like sort of walking down the street casually. The robber did as if, oh, I'm nothing to do with that. I just happened to be here, but he was actually covered in like dust and mess and stuff from it. And the police was just, like getting a bang. So just the uh, just act natural. Yeah, just act no, natural. Doesn't work. So, I had one from a couple of days ago that we were talking about. Is then there been another thing? Do you remember Boris Johnson's, uh, the person he had in the affair with, Jennifer Arcuri? Yes, I wasn't going to try to pronounce that because I'm not very good with words sometimes. But the emails from her has been leaked, and it turned out that none of his staff liked her because she was totally up herself and was. So she would refer yeah. to him as dearest. Have you read any of them? I have read them. I'll just read one out because I, yeah. I find them hilarious. Dearest retracted. Can I apply myself to go this mission trip in October? I really need to visit this hacker house. Please, 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 can I come too? Kiss, kiss, kiss. Mm. That's an official email. Um, I, so there's been stuff on Twitter about this today because um, the government are trying to say there's no need for an investigation into this when actually Boris gave this woman £126,000 of public funds. Did he? Aye. Of course there's a fucking investigation needed. Yeah. Um, I've got a game here. Do you want to play a game? Are we playing Rockbusters? Just just checking it's, first. No, it's not Rockbusters. Okay. It's you know how we like, we're very very first episode since it's our twentieth episode it's kind of like a callback to our very first episode of Mouth of the Clyde that only our loyal followers would know about in which we try to scam the meal deal and get the best value that we could by spending three pounds. This one is a bit more upper class because we're moving up in the world now. We're interviewing MSPs yeah. and such like. Um, so this is a meal deal from Marks and Spencers for Ooh. an Easter family dine in. It's twenty pounds. It serves four people. You get to choose one main, it's like a roasting thing, so it's like a roasting main, three sharing sides and a dessert. So I'm going to read you the options and see what you would choose, okay? All right. <clears throat> so the roasting main, so one of them is a lamb shoulder, one's a beef joint, a roast chicken, a salmon with lemon, or the only option basically for that is the plant kitchen chickenless stuffed joint, but there's also a pork rib as well, so you would need to get the chickenless stuffed joint. Yeah. I would have went for that anyway. Yeah. The three sharing sides, so you can pick three of these, so here's the options. Um, Golden beef dripping roast potatoes, braised red cabbage with Bramley apples, honey and orange glazed carrots, 12 pigs in blankets, mature cheddar cauliflower cheese, asparagus, fine green beans, new potatoes, or ultimate mashed potato. So you can have the beef dripping roast potatoes, obviously, but so you've got red cabbage, carrots, you can have pigs in blankets, Cauliflower cheese, asparagus, green beans, new potatoes, or mash. Ultimate mash, it says. I don't know what that means. Because that ultimate mash, they might put bacon in it and stuff like that. So no, it's, it says vegetarian. Vegetarian? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going mash. I'm going the cheesy, cheesy cheese cheese thing. Cauliflower? Cauliflower cheese. Mm-hmm. And maybe green beans? Yeah. I think that would be it. I would go the honey glazed carrots, cauliflower cheese, and asparagus. But I, I love asparagus. Asparagus is very. Asparagus is one of those things where if it's not done right, it's terrible. Like it, it needs done. But my asparagus do, is so good. 
on the money with your asparagus. Right. Dessert options. Um, some of these are vegan, but they're all vegetarian, so you can have any of these. A right. New York New York vanilla cheesecake, strawberry compote trifle, puff pastry bramley apple pie, sticky toffee pudding, or raspberry jelly terrine. I'd imagine you'd be desperate for the jelly terrine. No, I don't like jelly. <laughs> uh, you know, the worst thing is that I'm talking and I'm pointing at the first one, but then I'm not actually pointing at anything. You're not in the room, so I'm like, Cheesecake. Cheesecake, yeah. I think if like if Andrew from Inverkip could contribute, he's not going to speak on air because he's shy. But he would also choose the chickenless, uh, plant kitchen joint. He would choose ultimate mashed potato, cauliflower cheese, and he'd probably choose the new potatoes as well. He'd probably double potato <laughs> rather than have a vegetable. I would say, yeah. And out of the desserts, I mean, it's a toss up between because he's not a big dessert person. Um. Vanilla cheesecake, strawberry trifle, apple pie, sticky toffee, or raspberry jelly terrine. The raspberry jelly terrine, I feel like it would get because he's not big into desserts and he knows that I like raspberry. So I feel like he would get that for me. But if he's going to pick it for himself, he would get the vanilla cheesecake or the sticky toffee pudding. Um, if what that's was, correct, Andrew from Verkip, send in a message and let us know. What was your sides when you went to Nando's? Because I always felt like I, I got, I was the most standard basic Are you? Did you not get ever? like. You used to get like double chips and garlic bread. Double chips and garlic bread, that's it. Eh? Yeah. There are lots of other things like rice and stuff, and I was like, I don't want to use, have to use a knife and fork at all here. Oh, Andrew from Rick said bingo. I'll bingo, of course. You'd get the double totties. See, I know the boy. I know him. <laughs> double tot. Double tot. Um, when I went, you talking Nando's, I, I do like their fries. I feel like I know that's so basic, but I feel like their fries are so tasty. I like the rice. <clears throat> I would always pay extra and get the avocado. I used to get the, the chicken, like the butterfly chicken pita. It was my favourite thing. And I'd pay extra to get like, a nice cheese in that and some avocado in that. But my sides, I like the fries, um, but I like the rice and I like corn and coleslaw. So I'd probably get like fries and coleslaw mostly, I feel like. Look, I guess now the only thing we can have there is the drinks machine and that's no, it. No, there's, there's like a mushroom burger. I'm sure there's another thing also, but I remember I went before and I got like a brioche bun with like a big sort of flat mushroom in it. A halloumi, there's a halloumi thing, I'm sure. Maybe mm. that's something with the mushroom, but there's, uh, there's something like that anyway. But there is options in Nando's for us, just not a lot. But it's kind of like as a veggie going to a chicken restaurant, it's kind of like going to a steakhouse. It's like, why are you here? Uh. It's not for you. The only reason them things are on the menu at all is like if you're made to go to like an office Christmas party or somebody's birthday, it's like we need to provide something for a veggie. Here is what it is. At least it's not fucking pasta because like, as a veggie, that's all you're ever offered when you go somewhere. It's like, oh, do you like pasta? Do you like, you know, macaroni and cheese or do you like risotto? That's it. Because usually if it was me, the one I'm thinking of is the one in Brayhead. I would just want, yeah. I'm going to Subway. I'll be back. I'll be back Five soon. guys. Five for being not a vegetarian restaurant, Five Guys veggie option is fucking spectacular. It's so tasty, so tasty. And just half the price, just it's great. Oh, see something else. You've probably seen this, and it makes me know you're a big fan. But um, the BBC are doing a documentary with Amy Winehouse's mum. It's saying they're going to film, uh, broadcast a film this year, um, and it's going to be talking about. Um, like, I'm talking about like her mum's ill and she wants her, her, her memories to sort of believe yeah. before she loses them to her illness because she's, she's got um, multiple sclerosis As, um, Amy Winehouse 10 years on is going to broadcast a film this year and said the illness is a large part of her motivation to make this timely and personal documentary 
Um, she says, our mum said, I don't feel the world knew the true Amy, the one that I brought up, and I'm looking forward to the opportunity to offer an understanding of her roots and a deeper insight into the real Amy. And she wrote a book on her um, loving Amy, a mother's story in 2016, yeah. three years after um, Amy's dad gave his version of events. The documentary will include footage from the family's collection, um, Wayne House obviously died aged 27 in, in 2011 the MS Trust said that problems with thinking and memory affect around half of people with MS it's very, it's an awful disease, it's very sad yeah but I, as you know I was a big fan of Amy Winehouse but yeah I, w- I wasn't too keen on the dad, the cabbie like the mum mm-hmm. always, always kind of liked I watched the other documentary because I think it's going to be out on an anniversary on June, cause it's, what is that, like 10 years gone now in... You know she's got the same birthday as me. Amy? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, me and Amy have got the same birthday. Um, oh, there's something that I talked to you about that the posh oh. people are doing and it's annoying. What is the posh people doing? So I was reading an article in the Telegraph about this and then it's in the Times now as well. So what is apparently the like what the posh people are doing now is like a very like sort of bourgeoisie thing to do is they're getting Ooh. a shed in their garden. Um, and they're like sort of like doing it up all fancy and stuff like that and so they've got their own wee sort of shed and I know people have done this before like you know like authors and, and artists and stuff like that, that we know have like done this sort of thing to have like a wee sort of creative space but the, the people are doing this now so they've got their own private sort of office thing but they're not calling it a shed do you know what they're calling it? What are they calling it? A garden room No A garden room and so the prices of sheds like to buy them are now increasing massively because people are like desperate to get them, um, and we're going to apparently start seeing like on like interior design magazines and, and websites and stuff, like decoration tips for doing these sort of things. And it's annoying to me because it's like it's something I've always wanted to do anyway, and now it's going to be like a fashion thing, and people are going to think I'm doing it just to jump on the bandwagon. I've always loved it because I'm sure that's what Roald Dahl wrote. Yeah, it was yeah. Me. And I thought that was always cool because I was like, he's like. At the time when I was a wee boy, I was like, he's the biggest writer in the world and he writes in a wee shed. I just thought that was awesome. Wee old man. I've got a story that's kind of interesting as well. Um, That, like, how kids today, like, you know, the Gen Zs, think they're so woke and stuff and, like, supporting, like, racial equality and, and social and sexual inequality and all that sort of stuff and all this, like, climate activism and stuff that they're doing. Yeah. But it's actually shown here... Um, that children in the late 18th and early 19th centuries actually gave up sweets and cakes as part of a boycott of slavery because like slaves were used like to manufacture like, the sugar cane and all that sort of stuff so they gave up sweets and cakes in, in a protest of this <clears throat> in the 18th and 19th centuries like that's crazy I would I would have never known that they're just like no that's... but no, I was going to say millennials but I think I'm a millennial I think we're millennials I think we're both not. I think you're just at the start of millennials and I'm at the end, sort of thing. There's a job going in the Times, by the way, that they've advertised. I might read it to you and you can see if you think you're appropriate. Yeah. Senior content editor of the Times. The Times and the Sunday Times are looking for a senior content editor to join their travel department. The successful candidate will be responsible for commissioning, editing and writing content for titles various digital and print platforms, SEO experience and demonstrable success commissioning and editing content that increases traffic and engagement are required. The one no. covering later and CV by April 6th. Maybe if it was the fun day times, but no, I, I that's not for me. That's, it just seems like... But you know what SEO you, means. Yeah, I do. But would you be able to do that? Because when you read that out there, I was like, that just... that 
I'll just swim in that if you know what I mean. Like that just panics me just you know that one. I mean, like the only reason I feel I couldn't do it is because I can't demonstrate that I've like commissioned and stuff things like that before because I've no doubt like that amount of career experience and stuff like that. Demonstrable success, commissioning and editing content that increases traffic. I've not got evidence that I can do that. Like even though I've written things that probably increases traffic to a certain website that I worked for, but. Um, I don't have evidence I've done that. I probably need more career experience to have a job yeah, like that. But yeah, it is senior them. content editor. But you have them. Like, what do you mean? The, the way through the college, like, you're an editor, you've put those people's work through. So any of the, the news that would have been put through, yeah. you read it, so you commissioned it. Technically, you have. No, but I'm not like, to a level that I can be a senior content editor. I'm not like that. Yeah, it's, it's like I've done it, and like people come in and say I've done it for eight years, and you're like, I did it one day a week for. So you know, I've been these people that say I've been a writer for four years. Oh, <laughs> uh, and there's a thing in here about Weatherspoons, or people call it spoons. The kids call it. Um, JD Weatherspoon is going against the grain of closures in the struggling pub trade with a £145 million investment in new venues and refurbishments that will create 2,000 jobs. The chain said it had 75 projects in the pipeline, including 18 new pubs, as well as 57 significant extensions and upgrades to existing venues. But bear in mind, everybody, this is the place that bagged all their staff and wouldn't pay them furlough money and treated them like absolute shit when this, the pandemic started. So remember that when you start going out to pubs and places, remember who you want to support. Go to local businesses, local places that need the help, that have been struggling during all this. Do not go to Weatherspoons because that guy's a wank. You know, the funny thing is, I got that story and highlighted it and I just went, I seen the guy's name at the end and just went, I'm not even fucking covering that guy's a dick. And I didn't, yeah, I just I'm sorry, it. I apologise about that. Um, I've got one last story that I'm going to cover and then we're going to need to head off for the evening because we've not had dinner yet and so we need to make movements. Um, but it's a wee silly story and it's on a light note. Um, that says for 65 years Volkswagen has been one of the most popular names in American motoring it's VW Beetle snaring generations of enthusiasts and selling millions of vehicles but now in North America at least the Volkswagen brand is no more and what was initially thought to be an April Fool's joke the German auto firm has confirmed its metamorphosis into Volkswagen V-O-L-T-S W-A-G-E-N an attempt to reflect its investment in the growing electronic vehicle market oh that's bad yeah so people thought it was an April Fool's joke and they're saying no we really are good but I, I feel like everybody calls it Volkswagen Volkswagen no that's just me trying to talk Volkswagen yeah but it would be that spelling like I, as you know like I kind of like sound out how I spell that's how I would spell anyway but it just yeah. seems a bit silly Volks Volkswagen, not Volkswagen anymore. But just in North America, maybe we'll still call it Volkswagen. I don't know. I don't know. Is it not German for car of the people or something like that? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know that. I'm sure it is. It's something like that. Um it's... we're gonna we're gonna bounce off now. Um but before we go though, as you know, this is now the Easter break, sort of getting prepared for new people are starting to go off college and off school and all that sort of stuff. Um, and if MD from Inverclyde's listening to this and you're interested in this, if you go into Inverclyde Youth Services on Instagram, they're running a free Easter programme for um for secondary school students, S1 to S3, people across Inverclyde. The first week at Lady Alice and the second week's at Port Glasgow Joint Campus. Um, so it starts the 13th to 15th of April, 12 noon to 3pm. <clears throat> um, free of charge to all S1, S3 pupils, all activities. <clears throat> Sorry. 
Oh, all activities fully comply with current government guidance. Um, so there's like cycling at the Claymore Show Country Park. Um, there's like there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. There's Easter treats, there's cycling, arts and crafts, games and competitions. They've been very safe due to everything that COVID yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Booking forms have been sent out through the schools, but can also be requested <clears throat> if you email cld. Um, is that dot? Is there a dot in there? Cld dot admin at inverclade.gov.uk and they, they need the forms in by today so if you, any of you guys want to do it you, can, you have to apply for that today and they're on the Inverclade Youth Services so the first one Lady Alice the 6th to the 8th of April and the second week 13th to the 15th um, so uh, there's a wee stuff going on um, yeah. but thank you so much everybody for listening and to Josh for your wee comments and your, your voice acting we appreciate accent. yep and um, thank you so much as well to our sponsors at Emberclade Boiler Company. It's been so much fun. And we're going to be back with on Saturday night for our shit chat. Yes, the long, long, long one. So, yeah. bye-bye. I guess. Thank you so much. And we'll see you <laughs> later. Lost it. <her>. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>